This is your woo-woo best friend, a show about attainable transformation. Hey, it's Andy. Welcome back to the show. It's right after the Thanksgiving holiday weekend. We are coming at you right after the Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, Cyber Monday madness. I personally was very disengaged this weekend from all of that. And you might be thinking, okay, so cool, good for you. But how can you do that as someone who has a small business? We have a conversation coming up today with a guest who has built a really beautiful small business. She's built a six-figure small business in a way that has kept her fully aligned to herself and out of hustle culture. And for me personally, we had a really good sales weekend in my business, but I didn't have to open my laptop I didn't have to run any Black Friday sales. I didn't have tons of discount codes floating around out there. I saw an email come through, I think it was yesterday, and it was one of these things that was like, okay, if you were approaching this, quote, biggest sales weekend of the year, and you had this big hope that you were going to get all of this money rolling in, and then what you're product suite actually looked like was opening and closing doors, lots of coupon codes, having to be on your laptop, DMing with clients or answering emails or customer service requests, and you only got a few sales. That is so normal. And it is not your fault because we have been told that you have to have these big, big announcements over the course of holiday events. You have to have these big sales. You have to open doors, close doors, make it feel like this is never going to happen again. You've got to have these lengthy email plans. You have to offer big discounts and sales. And the reality is, once you start to develop a relationship with your customers that feels connected and integrated and intentional, you actually don't have to do those things. It's not that those things don't work because they can work but they can also leave you incredibly exhausted. And wouldn't it be better to be able to spend that time with your family, take good care of yourself, and know that you have sales coming all the time and not just at these moments that are like big sales vibes? What if it just was this way all the time? In my business over the last 30 days, we've sold about $20,000 in evergreen courses and digital products. So what that means is these are things that are running all the time in the background of my business. So that's in addition to my CEO coaching clients, my corporate clients, my speaking engagements, any brand partnerships that I have. That stuff is running all the time. Those sales are coming in very passively at this point. When you hear someone talk about passive income, I will be very honest It is not passive at the beginning. There's a lot you have to do to set it up. But once you have those evergreen systems set up and you have programs that are available all the time, then it can become very passive. So if you're interested in learning more about how to do this, you know I have lots of different ways that you can get education these days. You can go take my free masterclass inside of the Unschool. It's called How to Launch. It is free. It's running all the time. You can take it anytime. The link is in the show notes. If you want my personalized help and you want to be in a room for 30 days with a group of women who are doing 
this work at the same time as you to help each other to be accountable, to have my eyes on your business at the same time. The smart girls don't gatekeep. Content creation mastermind could very much be for you. We're going to build out our Instagram funnels, which is exactly what I do in this process to make this work for me, and our offer strategy so that you've got those evergreen sales running in the background all the time. If you want to check it out, that link is in the show notes also, and I invite you to join us. We'll be together starting the second week of January. Today's guest, let me introduce you to her. Her name is Simona Constantini, and she's the founder and CEO of Constantini Productions, a full-service podcast production agency that produces more than 25 podcasts on a weekly basis. And more than half of those are in the top 30 to 100 podcasts in their niche markets, which is incredible. So for Simona, whether she's speaking on a stage or training her team or doing guest interviews on a podcast like she is today, she is known for providing people with high touch information that leaves them with actionable insights and next steps that they can take to make moves. She is very much a no gatekeeping smart girl, and we love that here. So I'm so excited for you to meet her. If you've been thinking about creating a podcast in your business or just in your life, you've just been thinking about, hey, I've got a message and I want to share it. This is a great episode for you to listen to. She's going to talk about what podcasting has done in her world. Obviously, she has a podcast production company now, so she's a big advocate. I am also a big advocate for podcasting, especially for creatives, artists, and entrepreneurs. So let's get into it. Welcome, Simona, to the show. Hello, hello, my friend. How you doing? I'm great, Andy. How are you? Good. I am so looking forward to this conversation. And we've been chatting a bit before we started about a variety of things. And we're going to talk about a variety of things in this episode today. But you're just like kind of my perfect people. And I know our guests are going to love getting to hear about the work that you do. So will you start by just giving me a little bit of the details on your world, your work, and what you're up to? Yes, I would love to. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I just adored our conversation on my show and then was even more grateful when you invited me onto yours because I was like, okay, this is like, this is great. I agree. My kind of people in my world, I do a lot of podcast production. So I focus on helping entrepreneurs start, launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts. And then on the flip side of that, I also have, um, a, a podcast called Happiness Happens and a lifestyle brand through there that I started building back in 2018, 2019, and then kind of fell off it for a couple of years and, and sort of realized how much or how deeply different women entrepreneurs were being so burnt out by being 
you know, in business and creating and then the way the world was and then being moms and, and having to work and like all the stuff. So then I started picking back up the, the, I'm, I'm calling it the happiness collective right now for lack of better words. Cause it really is still in a full like rebrand stage, but yeah. So I have my, my creative, like sort of passion side on the happiness happens podcast. And then my day-to-day stuff that we do every day is podcast production. So a little bit of both, um, both super, super fun. And I'm really grateful. So there's that. Yeah. You spent many years working, working in marketing and communications and advertising and PR. And within that, you have this really intuitive approach to how you work with women. And a lot of your clients are high performing women, really working to achieve really big results. And at the same time, to feel like they can live a life of happiness and gratitude and flow and ease. So I'm really interested in how you approach what is often quite the hustle, podcasting, building six-figure businesses, building social media, all of these things, and do it in a way that's intuitive and led with the mindset of happiness. What What's what's your what's your game plan? How do you do it? Okay, so I will start off by saying that in the whole process of starting out my production company, it kind of fell into my lap. To be honest with you, I never set out to to be a podcast producer. It really genuinely landed in my lap, and it happened when I launched my first podcast. And friends started to ask me, you know, produce my show. Can you help me with my show? How do I launch my show? Can you teach me what to do? And so on, so on. And so I did, and. So I wasn't going into the business with the idea of building this this massive business. And I wasn't planning on producing podcasts and doing, you know, in-studio recording and flying around the country and meeting clients in person and all of the things that we get to do every single day, like was not part of my game plan. Like I was very much working in corporate. And um, I, when I started building out the, the business, the first thing that I realized was, well, I can only do so much myself and there comes a point where you need to realize that it's time to outsource the things that it can also, it can be things that you enjoy and also can be things that you know you enjoy and maybe are not the best at. So for me, the very first thing that I outsourced was the social media content creation because it's not something that I enjoyed. It didn't bring me the same amount of joy as editing a podcast did. I'm one of those weird people that actually enjoys the editing side of it and the strategy side of it, whereas most creators are like, put me in Canva, let me design the graphics, let me show up and do all that stuff, right? So I think the biggest key to success of any kind is realizing your capacity and your limit and then being intentional with your time and how are you taking your time and leveraging it in a way that is going to help you create the life that you want every single day because people talk about time we all have the same amount of time we all have the same amount of hours in the day but for me I really feel like it's being intentional with what we're doing with the hours that we're given in a day and also playing into our own strengths and then playing into the strengths of our team so When I first started, I didn't have a team. I have a team of five now, which I'm so grateful for. I love them so much. And I didn't have that back then though. But what I did know was that, you know, social media graphics was their strength. Editing was their strength. This type of specific editing is their strength. So I think it also has to do with understanding people and how people work on a human level and 
what I never wanted, and I'm kind of rambling a little bit, so feel free to stop me whenever you want. But um, I, I realized when I was working in corporate, how we just get siloed into these jobs, right? And we're expected to do all of these different tasks when maybe the one or two tasks out of your whole job description isn't really something that you want to be doing. And so when I was building the agency, I wanted to build it with the intention of everyone on the team will get to do what it is that they love to do so that people come to work every single day and actually enjoy what they're doing and they want to be creative and they want to show up and they, you know, they, we have a good time doing what we're doing. And, you know, it doesn't mean that there isn't, you know, some stress in there. And it doesn't mean that there isn't struggle in there. But when people are doing work that they love, it's easier to help them feel motivated and supportive in what they're doing, because now they can, they can turn around, they can spend their time in an intentional way. So I think, though, as a leader of a business, as a leader of your life, as a leader of your household, you know, you are sort of required, in my opinion, to tap back into who you are on a human level and understand what you innately love to do every single day. And I think that is really important because we can lose ourselves, right? I don't have any kids, but I have a lot of friends who have kids and they'll say, you know, I've just became a mom and like, I I completely lost who I am, or I became a business owner and I don't even know who I am anymore. Or I became a wife and like, what, what was I doing before? You know? And so It's about being intentional, I think, with how you continue to show up for yourself so then you can fill your own cup and then overflow it to others. And I know that sounds a bit cliche, but you really, you cannot create from a place of lack. It has to be from a place of abundance. Yeah. And that's what building an intuitive business is really all about is tapping into what makes you uniquely you, what your skill set and gifts are. The other thing I'm really hearing from you is, and I think this is an important point. We have so many listeners who are working as solo solopreneurs, solo creativepreneurs, and they're thinking, okay, how do I go from doing it all, literally being my own accountant, being my own social media manager, being my own salesperson, being my own graphic designer, also like doing whatever it is that my skill set and gift is that I'm creating all of that stuff around. So when we start to shift from that mode of working solo to getting to a place where we can start to bring in some support, there's a piece to that that we don't necessarily talk about a lot, which is learning how to be a great leader, learning how to delegate, learning how to be in relationship with people who are not exactly like you, and maybe aren't thinking the same way that you would. So what are some of the strategies that you've taken in your own business and life and that you've also seen work with some of the clients that you spend time with to get from that, okay, I do it all myself to I'm ready to have the support to take it to the next level? Hmm. Okay. I think that solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, and uh, this might not be true for everybody, but it was certainly true for myself when I was first starting out my business. So before I did podcast production, I did life coaching. So I was building a business on the side as well while I was working in corporate. And so that was probably since 2018. And then I started my production company in 2021. And so one thing that I don't love that social media has sort of I think the conversation is changing now, but makes us feel like everyone has this overnight success and that it takes, you know, a year to build a solid business. And while that can be true for some people, it's not necessarily true for everybody. And I think recognizing that 
what you want to create in your life is going to take some some dedication, right? It did in the beginning and it still does now. If we're on deadlines and if we're doing different launches and if we're working with, you know, uh, you know, really uh you know, cool client or something like that. I mean, they're all cool. I like them all, but you know what I mean? But like, if we're working on a project that maybe takes a lot, a little bit more energy than others, um, there's going to be things that you might miss and that's okay. You know, I think we create this like narrative that we can't, if we're, if we're creating an intuitive business that we have to do, like that we have to only do things on a specific day in a specific time in a specific time block. And like, that might not work for everybody, you know, like I, one thing that I've, again, back down to like that self-awareness piece, I like to work at night. Like I like to work late at night. Like I like to work at like 11 o'clock at night. That's just when I'm my most creative. And so it might not look the same for everybody. That's kind of the first thing. Then the second thing too, is this idea that we all have a little bit of fear, I think of making big steps. And when we take a big step into something unknown, it can feel extra stressful, extra anxiety filled, extra emotionally charged because we are placing an expectation on what that thing is going to do or bring or feel for us. So we're thinking, okay, if I'm going to bring on some extra help to help with, in my case, editing, for example, my, my biggest fear. So I think, I think truly it's about coming back to your own self as a human being again and understanding what is that feeling for you and what does it mean? So for myself, outsourcing creative was no problem because I was like, I don't want to enjoy doing that. So like, that's fine. That's easy. But then when it came to outsourcing the editing, I had to start debunking all of these different stories that I had in my mind about if I don't do the editing anymore, I'm no longer valuable to my clients. That was a story that played in my mind. Or if I'm, if I'm not if I don't have a full hand in this production of this podcast, they're not going to get, um, you know, top notch experience, something that I've spent years building. And so it was really about taking all of these stories that I had in my mind that I've constructed in my mind and pulling them apart and trying to understand where they came from. Right. And under that is all it's, it's fear. And so I think you have to lean into that fear. And I think that you have to trust yourself as a a business owner that you are going to make the right decisions. And sometimes you need to make those decisions before you actually need them. Because there's nothing worse than being in a spot where you're like, oh my goodness, I could use like two or three extra hands on this one project, then you have no one. And so again, when you think about outsourcing work, Take a look at all of the tasks that you want to outsource and it doesn't have to be everything, right? Leave some things on your list too. If you want to leave things on your list, that's amazing. And you can just start small. That's how I started. I started with like one or two clients and I used to give it to my, my right hand. She's like now my right hand in business. I used to give it to her and she would create just the social media content for that podcast. And I would do the captions. I would do the editing and whatever, whatever. And then we built trust together. And then we started to grow together. And I started to realize that the more that I took off my plate, the more the universe would come in and support and give me more of what I wanted and more of what I was calling in. And the universe also removes things, right? That are no no longer meant for us anymore. And so when I when I started taking tasks off my list and giving them to my team and then taking an even bigger leap and, you know, stopping, stopping doing all of the editing, um, my life became so much more abundant in different ways. We got, you know, bigger projects, bigger, bigger opportunities. I, you know, got offers to speak at different places. And so like the universe really, I think rewards you when you take 
those challenging steps and when you just take that little bet on yourself. And I think it's always about taking a tiny bet on yourself every single day that you're making the right decisions, you're making the right choices. And when you lean into that, when you lean into your own intuition and when you lead, when you lean in from that place of like service, then you can ultimately like, then you can like pour back into what it is you want to create. And so ways in which that I do this, like other different ways that we do this is again, always making sure that we're playing into, um, each team like members strengths. And then also understanding like what their own fears or reservations are about specific things. And then making sure that you are honestly starting before you're ready, because I think people think, and Andy, like, I mean, tell me your thoughts, but I think that people think they have to make a certain number per month to justify, you know, making, you know, spending a hundred bucks on a VA or something like that. Right. I looked at my business, right. Like I looked at my, sorry, I looked at my, um, when I was working in corporate, I looked at the income from there. Like, yes, like that was like, you know, income to my household and like all that. And also it was income that fueled my dream. And that's okay. I think that we, we put down that, you know, you need to have a job or you need to have extra cash. And like, I don't think that's a bad thing. Like I think that can actually be a really good thing if it's going to help you get ahead and get you where you want to go. Yeah, I, I agree so much. I remember when I was at a point in my business where things were really starting to grow and I felt like it was time to hire what is basically an outsourced CFO to really help me with some strategy planning around the financial components of my business and goal setting and really looking at my profit and loss statement, all of those things. And I remember asking her, I I definitely was vibing with her and I, I felt like she would be honest with me, but it was like, am I at a place if I'm making this amount of money where I can actually hire you? Like as a financial person, (laughs) is this okay to hire you? And she was like, are you kidding? Like 1000% yes, let's go. But I was so nervous that like, am I really ready to bring in this like first, this first like kind of bigger spend person to really help me to level the business to the next level? And it was the best thing I did that year, because all of a sudden I had this person who had my back in a big way, who was like, you got this, think about this, think about this, look at this, look at this, this is where you should put your focus. And it, it was just major. It was, it was such, it was such a game changer. The other thing that you mentioned that I think is such, it's just a point I really want to like put a, put a big like check mark on is that when you leave space, when you make space for the universe to deliver the next level stuff to like really get the goods. That's when things really start to flow. We are so used to feeling like, especially if we come out of a corporate environment, we're so used to feeling like we need to fill our time. The corporate environment that I worked in, we had this like daily, we had this, we had this weekly, it was called the game plan. And basically you had to show how you were spending every hour of your time. And the reality is I was a senior level executive. I really shouldn't have been filling every hour of my time with tasks. Like that actually doesn't make any good any sense. sense, but it was kind of just, <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's just like kind of crazy, but it's, it was kind of how we operated was like every hour better be filled or else you're not being productive and effective. So I had to really learn how to shift out of, no, you don't actually need to fill every hour of your time. And I'm very much a person who I, I love time blocking. I still work that way. But now I have time on my calendar that is like, 
leave space for magic to happen because if it's all filled up, you can't, the creativity can't flow. It just can't flow. And then the newness can't find its way in when you're all stacked up with like busyness. It just can't. I so agree with you so much. And I think that's a hard mentality to break because also took me a very long time and it still takes, like, I still have to like extra work extra hard at that so that I'm, I'm not filling up every single hour because sometimes I look at my calendar. I'm like, Oh, but I've got like a block here. I could just do this thing. And it's like, or I could take on like one more client or we could do one new launch. And I'm just like, but like, at what point do you have time to exist? Like, what is the point of building all the things if you don't have the time to enjoy what you've created? And I think it's like a, it's a loop. But I also think too, it's like this, this false narrative that I've been seeing on like on social media for so long that, you know, building a business doesn't take hard work and you can just sit and you can just like leave space and you just like the universe will deliver. And like, yes, like that's true, but also things take, like you got to put energy behind it because how, if you don't put energy behind something, how does the energy come back? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what we talk about over here all day long is you got to have the intuitive flow, which means making space for the magic and like yes. really getting into that mindset of trust and allowing your creativity to expand. And you have to have a proven practical strategy to get the shit done because if exactly. you don't have both, which is really like leaning into both the feminine and the masculine. It's about the flow and the action. If, mm -hmm. if you are really going to be like goddess vibes, attraction method only, and think that that's how you're going to build a business, it's going to be very disappointed of the time, <laughs> right? You're going to, you're going to be sitting in your meditation practice and, and nothing's going to happen <laughs> afterwards. And you probably won't have that first team member anytime soon. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I think that we see so much of that on social media. It's like, I just like meditated my way into my first six figure business and we know that there's way more to it. And I am obviously like a big advocate for meditation practice. But I want your meditation practice to be something that then gives you all the good, all that good juice that you need to then go be your most effective, creative, um, action oriented leader, creative self that you can be. Yeah, totally. Okay. So I want to pivot and I want to talk about podcasting because that is your expertise as well. So I'm interested and in, I want to talk about a couple of things. So one, I have clients all the time that are like, it's my dream to start a podcast. And they're just nervous about like, how do you even begin? Like, okay, they want to do it. They start, they start seeing some potential and what that might be. So how can female entrepreneurs especially use podcasting to build a community and connect with their existing clients, but also potential clients for their business. Okay. I love this industry. I love so much about this industry. Okay. The reason why I love this industry is because when you bring your voice to the mic and when you start talking about the thing that you are passionate about, you create so much magic in the world by sharing what you need to share. I truly believe that, you know, every single, I think every single podcast serves a purpose. And I think that's the biggest thing too, is like understanding what the purpose is of the show that you're trying to create. So if you're wanting to, even if it's just like a lifestyle podcast or like a podcast for fun, there is still a purpose to it, right? It's solving some kind of need at the end of the day. And so I think it'd be about getting clear about, what is that need that 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 your your podcast 
serves and fills and what you, whatever you want to call it. And then it sounds way easier said than done, but taking those small little action steps to start. So I think that, you know, when we, I think that there's a lot of overwhelm when it comes to podcasting because there's a lot of technology. There's a lot of different ways to do it. There's a whole marketing side of it. And it's kind of like, you really don't even know where to begin. Um, Oh my goodness. There's so many different ways that we could go. I mean, you can go into Facebook groups and sort of try and understand like the processes there. You can find different people on Instagram, like myself or other producers. We have, you know, different checklists and stuff like that, that'll help kickstart it and get you started. Um, there's industry podcasts that you can listen to where people are teaching you how to do, you know, podcasts. There's online courses. Like I have one. I know Jenna Kutcher has a really good one too. Um, so there's, there's so many different resources to just get started, but I think it would be about taking the overwhelm out of it and just getting really clear on your idea first to start and then understand. I always get my clients to understand what the mission of the podcast is. So I get them to write a mission statement for their show, because that is the thing that's going to ground them back to continuing to show up for their podcast every single week. Because as you know, having a podcast, sometimes recording, recording can feel a lot. The production process of it can feel like a lot creating all the assets. It's like, okay, why am I doing this? You know? Um, but, but that said, and some people really don't like doing it. And so again, I go into like play into your strengths. If you don't like doing it, find someone who can help you with all of that stuff. Right. And then, um, but I think the biggest piece is just starting and it, it sounds so cliche, but it's like really like one foot in front of the other, try and find the resources, fill the gaps in the knowledge, right. Fill the gaps in what you and what you need to, what you need to know, what you need to learn and then keep it simple. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be like, you know, incredible level production for your very first one. Like if I go back and listen to my very first episodes on my first podcast, oh my God, I like, I don't think I would ever do that. I, I've never listened to be honest <laughs> with you. And I don't think I ever will. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> um, so I don't know if that answers your question, but that's one place to start. Yeah. And I, I, I totally agree. If you don't like look back no matter no matter if it's podcasting or like creating your first course or launching your first digital product or whatever it may be your first service offering if you don't look back and cringe a little bit at what you were doing at the beginning you probably waited too long you got like so damn good before you started that like you know we, we that's just we don't need to be perfect coming no. out of the gate when we're doing something no. new and i i feel the same way i go back to some of my first episodes i also don't listen to those what i had <laughs> what i did really well was not on me what was really good was my production because mm -hmm. my husband is my producer and he made sure of that but i like look back at like how I was, how I was like crafting my questions and like how I was doing my intros. And I'm like, huh, that's, that's interesting. I wouldn't take that approach today. <laughs> like I would never do that but ever you know, again. <laughs> you have to like find your way and find your voice. Mm -hmm. What are some of the ways, what are some of the tips that you would give to someone listening? Who's like, okay, I really want to do it, but I'm trying to figure out how to find my voice. What are some tips around, around that? I think that you already kind of know your voice. You know, I think that we put a lot of stories and like extra fear on how am I going to sound on, on video or how am I going to sound on the mic? What am I going to look like on video and all that stuff? But I think you already know 
your voice because your voice is you. And the best podcasts, the ones that people resonate the most with are the ones that feel the most authentic. They're the ones who feel like, you know, you're having a conversation between friends. That is my favorite style of podcast. And it can be as structured as you want it to. And it can also be as fluid and as fun and and sort of free flowing as you want it to. It totally depends on who you are as a person and how you are as a person. And I think remembering like I talked, especially when I do solo episodes, like when I'm doing episodes by myself, I'm, I'm talking to the camera. Like I'm talking to a friend, like it's the same things that I would tell my best friend if she was in this specific situation. And I think that is really important. So imagine your client, your friend, your child, your spouse, your whoever in front of you, when you're hitting record, what would you say to them? How would you speak to yourself, right? How would you how would you talk to those that you love the most? And so I think those are all key ways to helping you find and tap into your own voice. And I, I do really think that you know what your voice is. And I think that a lot of the times we put extra conditions on how we show up because again, like you mentioned just like a little bit ago, it doesn't need to be perfect. None of this needs to be perfect. And you showing up in the exact same energy as you would show up on your stories, on your social media posts, on your newsletter, um, out with your girlfriends or whatever, that is how you want to show up here too. And again, depends who you are as a person, but I really think that the more relatable you can make it and the more, um, like one thing that I say all the time, Andy, is podcasting is the most intimate relationship that you will ever have with your audience, okay? Because people are choosing to take earbuds and put them in their ears and take you in their most vulnerable moments when they're walking, when they're running, when they're out, you know, running errands, when they're driving, when they're with the kids, when they're frustrated, when they're overwhelmed, when they're when sad, they're in the bathtub. when they're happy, when they're in the <laughs> bathtub, when they're having a glass of wine, right? When they're doing all of the things. And so when you remember that you get to speak directly to someone who needs to hear your message in the specific and only way that you will be able to deliver it. That's pretty powerful. So you don't have to show up in fear and you don't have to show up in overwhelm. You get to show up as you because it's you delivering the exact message that you would if that person was sitting right in front of you. It's so true. It's so true. And that fear that so many of us have is, is, you, you spoke about it at the top of the conversation. It's about moving through the fear and just starting, just starting. And, you know, I have to say in like full transparency, sometimes I think when we have these audiences on a podcast or on Instagram or wherever it may be, we come across as like, okay, we clearly have it together. We like you know, have this confidence. I am just three seasons in to doing this show. I am just getting to a point where I'm okay sharing video clips of this show on my Instagram because that was really scary for me because I'm like, yeah, oh wait, I have like a weird resting listening phase. And I was telling my marketing <laughs> director, I was like, can we stop cutting clips where I am like, no, if you're, if you're like listening, you can't see me, but I'm like, I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like doing this weird resting listening phase. I was like, why are we doing that? She's like, you're the only one that sees that you have a weird resting listening phase. The rest of us are just listening to what you two are talking about. Mm-hmm. So I'm like having to move through this fear. And a part of the reason I even had like 
at the beginning created an Instagram account separate from my own account to, to showcase the show was because I was like, well, there I won't have any fear because it's actually kind of like me, but not me, even though yeah. it is, of course, still yeah. me. But I was like, I, I can separate myself a little bit. So we can put all the show clips there, but I don't want to put them on my own Instagram because now I'm like feeling very vulnerable and like you're judging my weird, weird resting listening face <laughs> or like how my like forehead wrinkles when I ask questions. Like that's just that's mm-hmm. just like it's just human. wild because truly it, and it's yes, it's so human to have that judgment of ourselves. And so I share that because I think so many women who are considering starting something, whether it be a social media page, a course, a podcast, whatever it may be, have that like really intense self-criticism. And so they're afraid to actually go for it. And yeah. just remember that your gifts, your talents, we need that stuff. So if you're not mm-hmm. giving us that because you think you have a weird resting listening face or what, or a weird voice or whatever it is, is you know, like, don't hold back. We want your stuff. We want it. So I want to say to this something that I think is so important too. I promise you, nobody is judging you the way that you are judging you. Like, I totally hear you, Andy, when you're saying the weird resting listening face. Like, I have that also. And I look back at clips and I'm like, my face is like, mm-hmm, yep, yep. And I'm like, what is this? Like, who is this? Why am I like this? I'm like, it's so cringe. But then I'm like, you know what? I don't really care because the message that the guest was saying at the end of the day is something that I want to share and it's something that I think is really important. And if you're going to sit here and judge me for my wrestling listening face, I don't I don't want you in my community anyways. Like, goodbye. <laughs> I think it makes you more real, to be honest. I just think it makes it, you it's like... It's true. Right? Because you build... You have this like yeah. really incredible business, this really incredible brand. You're such an amazing person. And to know that like even you have... As, as very small insecurity about the way you show up on video. Like, don't we all like, isn't that permission slip enough to like, you know, create the thing you just have to do it. And it's easier said than done, but like no one's judging you the way you're judging you, you know? Yeah. So everyone, everyone who's listening, who's like, I've been considering doing the thing, but I have a weird resting listing face or whatever it is. <laughs> just know that only you are judging yourself at that level. Mm-hmm. And we all have those insecurities. The other thing that you said that I think about so often, my favorite episodes too, are the ones in which it feels like I'm talking to a best friend, like this conversation, you know, I told you like, I've got some notes, but we'll probably just go where we go. I am constantly asking my best girlfriends, do you want to have a podcast with me? Do you want you know, I've like always <laughs> trying to like start a new podcast because it's so much fun when you can like have these conversations. I get so much out of it's so good for my business in so many ways. It's so it's so great for my business to have a show. But what I get out of the relationship piece and getting to have conversations like this is also just incredible. So I think that's another thing I just want to highlight. If you're considering doing something like this, even if it takes you a year to get to, you know, 500 listeners, just the value of these types of relationships and the people you'll get to meet is so, so worth it. And I have to echo this too, because when I started my Happiness Happens podcast, I started it with no knowledge. I had no social media presence. I had no business. I had no knowledge. I had nothing. I had just a hard time in my life that I was going through and had this desire for more, not necessarily more money, not more like external anything. I think just more impact because 
I knew that I was, I was going through all of this stuff and I was learning so much. And I was like, well, if I'm learning this much, there's got to be someone else in the world that needs to hear this too. So then from, from that place of, you know, I started this, this podcast and I just started putting out episodes and it was the most weird and like uncomfortable and vulnerable thing ever because I was talking about fear and anger and this and that. And like my grandparents were messaging me and they were like, I didn't know you felt this way. We always thought that you were so happy. And I was like, this is so cringe. Like all of the above. I was like, oh my God. But if I never started that podcast, I would never have this production agency. I would never be where I am in life. I would probably still be working in corporate, still super miserable, being in a job that I didn't like that brought me no joy, no fulfillment, no nothing. And when I first launched my services back in 2021... Um, I sold out in 72 hours, five spots, and three of those were past guests on my podcast, which was so crazy because you never know how things are going to align. They were like, well, you have a podcast and I want a podcast and I loved your podcast. So yeah, let's do it. And it was like a no brainer, you know, it's, it's so amazing. Yeah. And I think we think that like the way to be successful in a podcast would be getting lots of listeners. And the reality is sure that can be that can be one way. But like for me, that piece we were just talking about around that intimacy and being in someone's ear sharing your message, those are my that those are my success stories. Th- those people that like really resonate with with my message or with what my guests have to share and then decide they want to work with me or come on one of my retreats or join one of my programs. We already just vibe before I even know that we vibe because I have been spending that time with them in this way. And so they show up and it's like, it's just the best. And to me, that's the ultimate success. I'm making great sales, but I'm making great sales to people that truly understand me Mm -hmm. and really want to be in my Mm -hmm. world. Exactly. And I think that is the piece when you just show up as you with no like mask, no additional filter, no additional anything, you create these relationships in a really intentional way. And you have to remember too, like, you know, people are listening to you every single week, right? Or whoever's, you know, our our listener right now, like is listening to this episode, they probably listened to a few of the past ones and all that, right? And they get to know you on a different, on a different level. And so when you do meet in person, they do feel like they know you, you know, because you, you have already spilt all of your heart to them on all the content that you're sharing. Right. And so I I don't know. I just think it's such a beautiful medium. Like I love it. I love it as a platform. And I think that honestly, if you really want to hit your message home in a really impactful way, I think that you should highly consider it. And, you know, people will say there's so many podcasts, there's so many podcasters out there, you know, everyone has a podcast now and like, sure, that might be true and you don't. So that's not everyone. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, not everyone does if you don't have one, right? It's, <laughs> I guess not. Um, but I just think that if it's something that's on your heart, it's on your heart for a reason. And you never know who you're going to impact with the message that you're going to share. And you never know, like I've gotten so many messages through the happiness happens podcast of people who I didn't even think listened. And we're like that episode, you have no idea how that pulled me back from a dark place. And I'm like, wow. Okay. That was it. The goal with the podcast was always to help one person feel less, less alone. That was the goal back in 2018. It's the goal till still today. And I feel like we accomplish that every single time every single time we have an episode. So go back to that mission statement and go back to the intention that you're putting into it. And you're never going to go wrong. You're just going to open up more, way more opportunity than you ever thought imaginable. I'm just shaking my head. Yes, 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 yes. 
Thank you so much for such a beautiful conversation. Okay, so tell our listeners where they can find your shows and your work. And if they've now been inspired to potentially start a podcast, how they could check out your agency as well. So you can find my agency currently. It's at SimonaCostantini.com. And in the new year, in 2024, we are rebranding the agency under a new name, which I'm really excited about. Um, and so my that Simona Costantini website will eventually sort of, and I won't redirect because it's still going to be my sort of personal brand, but you will be able to access it. It's called Volt Productions, which I'm really excited about. Um, so that's coming in the new year. And you can find me on Instagram at Simona with two underscores Costantini. The production uh, company handle is there as well. So you can find that through there. Um, my first podcast is called Happiness Happens. And you can just search Happiness Happens into any podcast player and it'll come up. And the industry podcast that I do is called As It Relates to Podcasting. And that show is a monthly series. Every single month, I bring on an industry expert and we deep dive into one specific topic as it relates to podcasting. So TikTok, Pinterest, email marketing, all that. And we deep dive, you know, throughout four episodes every single month. So that's a really good resource too, if you're looking to just start your show. Um, I also have a membership program. It is $11 a month and it's filled with resources for uh, creators who are looking to launch their show, to grow their show, find sponsorship, create media kits. Like it's essentially, it's a big resource bank of every resource that you would need when it comes to launching, growing, monetizing, and producing your show. So those would be the best ways for now. And if you want to uh, chat about the actual like launch and production of your show, always happy to do that. Feel free to send me a message on Instagram um, and also, uh, you know, send me an email. You can find my email through my, through my website. So that that's it. That's how, that's how we can connect. Awesome. Thank you, Simona. It's been such a pleasure having this conversation with you. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much, Andy. Pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. If you've loved it and you feel like you've got a friend that maybe should be starting a podcast or that you want to cheer on as they're getting their show going, go ahead and send this episode on over to that friend. Or maybe you've got a friend that's thinking about scaling their business and bringing on a team, send it to them too. If that is you, I would love to hear from you. Send us a note on social media. You can always reach out to me or to the show page. Either way, love to see you and love to see you sharing the show. If you've never left us a review and this episode is inspiring you to do so, you can drop down on whatever app you're listening to this show on right now. Leave us a review. It means the world to us. I am so grateful for every review that we receive. I'll be back again next week with another interview. We'll be talking more about human design, which I know this community loves. And if you've been thinking about joining us in the Unschool or joining the Smart Girls Mastermind, remember you can grab those links in the show notes. And I would love to see you there. See you again next week. Thanks for being here. Take care. <laughs>